Welcome to Owning the Masters, a podcast where we discuss business, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle for the culture. I'm your host, Be the Boss. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. So I have a special guest, as I always do. Um, I have Anthony Murdoch here, a.k.a. Murdoch. Um, he is the founder of Circle City Storytellers mm-hmm. and the Side Hustle Academy, mm-hmm. entrepreneur coach in Indianapolis, amongst other things. Yeah, for sure. Correct? A couple things, for sure. All right, bet. Um, so start off by telling the people what you do. Yeah. So uh, thank you for the opportunity, sister. Definitely appreciate you. Absolutely. Uh, alignment is a blessing. Alignment is what? Being in the right place in the right time with the right people. So I completely agree. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Murdoch, uh, purpose-driven, action-oriented servant leader, proud product of the city. So I'm a lawyer by trade, graduated from the Audie McKinney School of Law, May of 2022. I'm a professor by occupation, so I'm a lecturer for entrepreneurship and innovation over in the late School of Business at Butler University. Mm-hmm. Um, and was recently promoted. I'm now their faculty director for their minority-owned business initiative. Congratulations. God is very good. Appreciate it. Uh, but I'm a business coach by passion, so I coach entrepreneurial superstars to win championships through storytelling. You know, as you came to the event, I'm sure we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that a little bit. But, you know, I believe that stories break, build, and bridge. But then more specifically, black stories are the assets that break generational curses, build generational wealth, and bridge the racial wealth gap. And so my work as a coach, as a teacher, and as an advocate is to how do we empower our people to leverage their greatest asset to break, build, and bridge their own life. And so that comes to the work I do through Circle City Storytellers, um, through the Side Hustle Economy Company, my nonprofit organization, and then also through my co- coaching and consulting company, Murdoch LLC. So it's a few things in motion for sure, but we uh, we stay in motion so we don't get stuck. We out here working. That's we out fact. here working. That's I fact. I came to the event, which is actually how we met. So yep. I I don't even know how I saw the event. Yeah, I got to know that. Let me know how you got put on. I don't even know how I saw the event. It might have came through on my Eventbrite as one okay. of the like a recommended yep, event yep. or something like that. I think that's what happened. And then I'm like reading through the description. I'm like, this is in alignment because what you don't know is I've been like toying a lot with like writing my story. Oh wow! Like I don't know if it's gonna end up being a memoir, a play. I don't know. Or a I've play. Been, I've, no been <laughs> I've been in prayer about it. I've been in prayer about it. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I've really been like. This year, that's kind of been my thing. How do I tell my story? Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's important, especially for, you know, the have kids. Just like you said, black stories are important. And it's good to, you know, tell your story because there's always somebody that can benefit yep, from yep, your testimony. Correct, correct, it's correct. not for you. Mm-mm. It's for those around you. And Amen. I'm like, I want that to be my legacy. I need to tell my story so that my it'll be forever captured. Yeah, that's good. And... um that kind of came across my feed, and I'm like, let me check this out. And I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and sign up. It was like a couple of days prior to, mm. and I usually am kind of apprehensive because I'm very shy, so I usually don't like going nowhere by myself. But yeah. I was like, let me go ahead and sign up. I'm gonna do it. Mm. I'm gonna do it because I feel like too, I need so to I, be I can't there. Blame you for that. People are weird. Yeah, I was like, I think I need to be here. So I I went and I had an amazing experience. Blessings, blessings. Um, that's how I met Recovery Ray. I think this will probably be the first podcast I put okay, out for the season. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. Different. I cannot jack this up. <laughs> so, no, you good. You good. So, but I think that what I have to talk to you about will be in alignment with everything else because I think this year um, my 
I don't know what the theme for everything that I've kind of been doing this year has been stories. Amen. Studying my genealogy. Oh, that's good. Talking to other people about their stories, trying mm-hmm. to capture my family's stories. Yeah. And then rebuilding this brand because we actually had this podcast two years but like rebuilding the brand mm-hmm. and podcasting is ultimately storytelling yes, telling other people yes stories. it is yes it is yes, it so is. yeah that's why i was like you know what who else should i talk to well, <laughs> besides well, besides well, you thank so you. it was really in alignment that's love i appreciate yeah. you I pre- it's, a, it's a blessing to be here for real yes so talk about, I think like during the workshop, we talked about just the importance. I want you to yeah. stress the importance of people telling their story. No, that's good. Um, and I'm going to speak on black people. Specifically. Uh, specifically yeah. and explicitly, if that's okay with you. It, we for the culture. Uh, amen and amen. Uh, <laughs> that's the only the thing I'm for. But in all sincerity, number one, a lot of people live and die expensive copies of somebody else. You Ooh. know, and so I think number, not a thing I know for a fact, number one, the reason why you got to tell your story is because it inspires somebody to become the authentic version of themselves. Mm-hmm. right? When you tell your story, not the story that sounds like your mama's story, not the story that's affirmed by your best friend, but your story from your perspective, and someone can feel your authenticity and they can become intimate with your vulnerability, it calls them into question. And it says, how real am I being with myself? Mm-hmm. Forget what other people like myself. You know, calling someone what is not don't change what it is. It just leaves you ill-prepared to deal with what's being done. And so when you speak your own truth, they say it sets you free. But it ain't really about you, to your point. It sets other people free. That. And so that's number one. Just when you, when you speak the truth inside of your story, it actually creates space for other people to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Number two, speaking on space. Everybody named mama talking about real estate right now, right? I'm a realtor. And and I love that for us. So let's let's <laughs> yeah. become intimate with the conversation, but not necessarily from a physical perspective. I mm-hmm. want to talk about it, or from a financial perspective, I want to talk about it from a liberation perspective. Yes. In order for black folks to be liberated, the last step is always space. Mm-hmm. So when we got to, de- my TED Talk was about this. We first must decolonize our minds. A lot of us are internalizing messages that suppress, oppress, and depress what we see about ourselves. So when we have to decolonize our minds, Number two, you have to experience economic and spiritual liberation. We have to stop worshiping a green dollar and a white Jesus. But then lastly, we need space to express our transformation. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who are incarcerated and free. They're incarcerated because they have no space to express their mental transformation. So, again, my first point was when you tell your story, it creates space for other people to express their truth. Why is space important? We cannot be liberated without space. Mm-hmm. And I'm not telling stories because it's cute. I'm not telling stories because it's cool. I'm telling stories because it's essential to the liberation of our people. Absolutely. Last piece, right? When I think about black liberation, that's about centralizing the black experience. How do you centralize an experience that is yet to be articulated? So when we create space for people to tell their stories, in the same way that we say that black men are not a monolith, all black women are not angry, all black men are not scary, what we're offering is an opportunity to provide depth and complexity to what is our experience. Mm-hmm. And so when we centralize it, we're not centralizing a narrative that's whitewashed, that's um, mainstream. It is very much so eclectic. It is very much so complex. It is just as beautiful, bold, and black in its depth as it is to mean to be us. And so all of that happens when we tell stories. And that's why I believe they're important. Definitely. Ab- absolutely. Like, 
I always actually we had this conversation with Ray as well. Like you said, like space is the ultimate freedom because Amen. that's what was taken away from us. Come on now, talk about so, it. And I think that black people have to give we have to give ourselves some credit because mm-hmm. I feel like we are um, we're a, a, lot, a little bit hard on ourselves sometimes oh, mm-hmm. about our progress. Um, but I feel like, you know, our grandparents and parents even, they had to survive. They didn't have the space to be able to tell right, the right, stories. Right, right. But it's up to our generation to be the ones to capture that mm-hmm. and actually tell that tell the, our stories because we have the freedom to do so. That's good. And we have the words to be able to articulate mm-hmm. it because previously, like, what was therapy? Mm. What was self-discovery? Mm. What was that? Like, that wasn't a thing that our parents were into. Matter of fact, it was shunned in our community to, to try to seek help because people are afraid of our stories. True. And now I think that with social media, this is the good side to social media. Yep, yep. Like, I think everybody's, because opinions are so open and the world is so open now, I think that the world is seeing that black Americans specifically because our experience isn't like anyone else's mm-hmm. that we Correct. are, we do have depth. Mm-hmm. We do have culture. Indeed we do. And now we have the words to articulate that in the space to be able to articulate. Amen. That. Amen. And it's not, and it ain't just depth and do have culture, but our culture creates culture. That you can't talk about the world without talking about black people. Specifically, American black people, come on, because come like on. we we're not African. Listen, see, not not you trying to get spicy here because <laughs> we are not we're not African. No, this, this concept of African American is definitely provocative because mm-hmm. there's no other people that's discussed that one like what does African American even mean? So now we're speaking about ethnicity. Mm-hmm. But Africa is a continent, not a country. Exactly. And so that lack of specificity, that generalization, to your point is reflective of a lack of identity. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe that, I believe in the diaspora. So Me the too. African diaspora is black people that were born on the continent and black folks that were not. But I wasn't born on the continent, to your point. Mm-hmm. And so my identity within blackness is unique to that of someone born in Uganda, um, born in South Africa, mm-hmm. born in um, Somalia, or, or born in Ghana. I have my own experience. And right. the difference in that experience, to your point, is my identity starts here but my identity didn't start here. So I really don't know where my identity started. And mm-hmm. it's shaped in a space by people who didn't want me to exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You're right. And I it's, hear you. And it's, and our, the complicated thing about being black is that our identity genetically mm. is also combined with our oppressor. You are correct. So oh, yeah, you we have bag. a different, you bag, sure. <laughs> we definitely have a unique experience and it's genetic. And we talked with Ray just about, um, racial epigenetics mm-hmm. kind of got into that like skimmed it but yeah. we are both we are both you know who we are and but we're also our oppressor as well we can't mm-hmm. deny that like as much as we don't want to admit it that's a huge part of who we are mm-hmm. so we have to acknowledge that and again that uh, that creates a different experience for us mm-hmm. than somebody else and than other black people within the diaspora mm-hmm. we are actually part our part our oppressor as well mm-hmm. so you know, just learning how to articulate our experience is important, not just to other people, but within our own families. That's deep. Because we can set, we're setting generations free with our stories. You, you are. Yeah. You break curses. Yeah. You build wealth and you bridge gaps. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you tell your beautiful, bold, and black story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the goal. We all, we all have a story to tell and 
you know, like I said, our stories are definitely important. It can break generational curses, future and past. Mm. Something you said earlier, too, that was profound. You talked about, like, you don't tell your story for you. You tell your story for other people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the other person you still, you tell your story to is to your previous self. Oh, Like, sometimes the story you tell today is to help heal your inner child. Definitely. Like, I know, like, I go by Murdoch, but my name Anthony. Anthony was murdered a long time ago. And so as I got, and I ain't know that though. So like the older I get, I realize is he really gone, or is whoever he is just being suppressed because of how I was conditioned, mm-hmm. right? There's a strength with Murdoch mm-hmm. that I never understood with Anthony. Mm-hmm. You picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. So sometimes by Murdoch telling his story, Anthony peeks out mm-hmm. here and now and then. You like who you talking about? You talking about me? Listen, you feel me? <laughs> but then also I think about oftentimes. If Anthony was in a room with Murdoch, what would he think? Oh, yeah. Because there could be no Murdoch without Anthony. Definitely. And who Anthony thought he was going to be when he was 20, 25 years old. To what extent does that align with Murdoch? Mm-hmm. So, so in essence, what I'm saying is, back to your point, the story's not for you. It's not because we are not who we were. Mm-hmm. And we are not who we're going to be. Yeah. We are who we, who we are right now. And each of those identities can benefit from us telling our story right here. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes, inner child healing is huge. Mm. I've been heavy on that lately, too. Mm. Like, that's all of this is kind of with me deciding to really jump in and try to figure out what my own story is. Yeah. It's, it's forced me to, like, face all those different parts. Mm-hmm. Like, little Brittany mm. and Brittany mm. and mom mm. and be the boss. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like I had to combine all of those, and then you know, once you really figure out how to articulate and find those different pieces, all of y'all join hands, and y'all walk through the world together. Mm. So I think that's ultimately the goal, right? Like you want to combine. You don't want to leave any parts of yourself behind. You want to mm. pick all those parts up because all of them are important. It's like a puzzle. You can't tell. You can't put the puzzle together with parts of the, like some of the pieces. You need all the pieces because mm. all of those pieces benefit you because you wouldn't be who you are now without those pieces that you, whoever you were before. No, I hear you. My oratorical mentor, he's a Reverend Dr. Frederick Douglass Haynes III. And it's funny, he's preaching revival at Eastern Star this week. So I'm oh, trying wow. to go and see him tomorrow because, you know, he would have been preaching right now tonight. Um, so I ain't seen my dog tonight, you feel me? So we can come chop it up today. I appreciate you. Know, you. I appreciate sure. you. But he's gonna be back here tomorrow. I ain't worried about it. But he always says, he says that a text without context is merely a pretext for kind of people. And so what he's saying is what you talked about. Like who mom be the boss, big Britney today. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be any of those things had not been for Lil Britney. For Lil Britney. And so Lil Britney offers that context. Mm-hmm. Then this piece I think about is comparison is a killer if it's without context, right? So, like, they say comparison is a killer. I don't think comparison is always a killer. I think just when you lack context, it's a killer. Mm -hmm. Like, when you lack context, you just need context. And you're talking about sometimes your other versions of yourself are the context you need to kind of understand where you're at and where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I think I definitely agree with that. I just don't know if I want to bring all that with me. You don't have a choice. Mm, dang, never mind. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You got to bring all parts with you because that's that's you. Mm. You can't be wholly you and deny uh, deny parts of yourself. Mm. You have to 
reconcile with those parts, even the ugly ones, but they all got to come with you because you have something to glean from each of those parts. Mm. You get what I'm saying? No, like, yeah, I'm there's a gift in all of it. Even the, the parts that we don't want to acknowledge, there's a lesson there, which is yeah. a gift. And the, I mean, mm. we can't, we can't put down some things. What did, what did Lauren Hill say? She says, you want two thirds of me to come into the room? Mm. Only two thirds of me is acceptable. Mm. I'm a whole person. Mm. So you got to take all of me or nothing at all. Mm. You can't leave one third of you outside and bring two thirds in. You got to pack all that up and bring it all with you because it's all important. So two things on that, right? Number one, I was talking to uh, the black law students yesterday. They had me come back and talk to the association now that I've graduated and I'm employed. <laughs> sometimes it's just once you graduate, it's like, Lord, I got to get a job now. Yeah. So it's a means of encouragement. And something I was talking about is kind of the conversation that we're having right now. Um, I'll go back to that in a second. But this, this because it's, it's something there, but I want to speak on something else first. So you talk about you got to bring your whole self. Sometimes, in my opinion, people don't deserve to see all of me. They don't. So, so, and I believe I have the power to control what people do and don't see. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like you better not call me Anthony. And I'm, not, I'm not saying you, <laughs> no, I'm saying like people. Yeah. Like you call me Anthony, I'm going to square up with you. Yeah, sure. like who is that? Who are you talking yeah, to? And who, who do you think yeah. you are? If you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like who you think you are to call me that? Yeah. Because now you're aspiring a name. Mm-hmm. Now you're calling somebody out who may or may not be ready to to come out mm-hmm. now and that's got to be handled with care because yeah. that's a child yeah and so like my mama can call me anthony you know what i'm saying but like i don't know you like that bro so then right <laughs> and so like then then not that impacts how i introduce myself mm-hmm. you know you saying i gotta bring it all with me I'm, I'm trying to wrestle with that well i was just watching a podcast with darius daniels and tim ross and darius daniels said you have to be authentic with everybody, but transparent with a few. Oh, so <laughs> so you hey, have that's a good quote. Yeah, ain't that a good quote? I, I was like, was go. that's a good quote. I love that. So I mean, no, everybody doesn't have the right or the privilege to be able to see all parts. The privilege for sure. But you still owe it to you to be authentic, and you can't be fully authentic if you haven't reconciled with you fully. All right. Great response, Brittany. Give a hand <laughs> clap to Big Brit. For sure. <laughs> I got another one for you, though. So the second one, going back to the law school students, right? Again, you know, stories break, build, bridge. And something I talked about yesterday, and that's I came, I said, these are the 10 lessons I learned about life while I was in law school. The biggest lesson was the moment that law school becomes bigger than life, you lose. Mm-hmm. A lot of us go in, and all we focus on is school, and you lose yourself in the process. And you graduate, and you're like, who did I do this for? Mm-hmm. And it can't be my community because they don't recognize you no more. And it can't be me because I lost who I am for the sake of surviving. And that's the that's the contradiction of, like, black excellence, quote, unquote. Oh, yeah. Like, what you lose in the process of being excellent. Because what does excellent mean? You're mm-hmm. ignorant. So something we talk about is childhood trauma, inner child. And we just, we talked about I ain't going to go all into it, but it goes back. I just another question. You know, you're talking spicy for sure. So the, the <laughs> other question is, you know, we block things out by nature of our experience. There are certain experiences I had a child 
and, and here's what I'm telling you. He's going to tell you because you, you said something. I said, oh. You said, like, based on what we, and we agree about this, based on what you've been through, there's a lesson to learn in, in the struggle. Mm-hmm. And I told him yesterday, I said, it's truly, like J. Cole said, it's truly beautiful, beauty in the struggle and ugliness in the success. Mm-hmm. Some of my struggles, the trauma I experienced as a child, have blocked out of my brain. Yeah. There's some trauma I've experienced. If there's a lesson in every struggle, there's some lessons I ain't going to learn until that trauma gets unblocked. Mm-hmm. But how do I go about unblocking that trauma? And let's say I do or I don't, that means it's lessons that I may never learn until I confront that trauma. Yep. And that's what I thought about when you said earlier. And I never thought about yep. it like that before, but that was a bar, Big Brit. That's absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely true. Like, there are lessons that you won't learn until you unlock that. that and that's really, I think I really jumped into, like, really healing my inner child with my kids because I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to have childhood trauma. Good. I mean, my kids innately will have childhood trauma because my 15-year-old lost her father at my... 18-year-old lost her father at 15. Mm. So, I mean, that's hard to go through. It was in the middle of COVID. And then my younger two kids, their dad's incarcerated. Mm. So automatically, like, they have that. They're going to end up with some trauma Mm -hmm. amidst being just whatever comes with being raised by a single parent. I Mm -hmm. understand that. But what I can do to mitigate that is, you know, A, be honest with them. Mm -hmm. Be reconcile my own trauma because mm-hmm. I don't want to pass my things down in addition to the things they already have to deal with. Yeah. And that was a big thing for me. Like, okay, there are certain habits and things that I have that I carry over from my childhood that I don't want my kids to have to worry about. That's good. So because my job is their parent, because I am a single parent, is to take as much off of them as I can. But I also have to take as much off of me. So if I'm carrying mess, then I can't. Tell them not to. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be the example. Mm-hmm. So there were, there have been things that I've had to reconcile that are not pretty, that are very ugly. But what I learned from those things is, you know, you learn about the habits that you create mm. and where some of those things come from. Mm-hmm. And it's very freeing. It's a freeing experience. Once you really get in and you heal that, and you even if you don't necessarily heal it, but once you recognize it, you're like, oh. So I'm a perfectionist because my mom was a perfectionist Mm. and because I wasn't allowed to go get dirty outside. So now I feel like, you know, how I look is important, but I'm really concerned about how I look on the outside because I wasn't allowed to get dirty as a kid. Mm. But then it makes me obsessed with my appearance. Just little stuff like that. Mm. You know, it's like little habits that are created when you are a child really like affect how you handle relationships with people and yourself mm. as you get older and it go both ways too yeah so like you can have traumatic things but then terrific things can happen too mm-hmm. so like i'm a brother who's familiar with money you feel me hate the fact that they got a white man's face on it but i'm familiar with money for yeah. sure and so ever since i made my first dollar i tied mm-hmm. like that was something my parents instilled with me since i was a kid and i thank god for that because i've been giving to god since i made my first dollar he's gotten something he's gotten his 10 percent 11%, 15% off my every dollar. Mm-hmm. So now I'm making a little bit more than that, you know, $7 I was getting back in the day. Yeah. And I'm I'm reaping the benefits and the rewards mm-hmm. because trauma and wealth both accrue interest. Boom. You feel me? Like they both do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a church-born brother. You know, I believe in a beautiful, bold, black Jesus Christ. That's my Lord and Savior. Same. And... But think about his interest. 
is capitalism has an interest in me because I am interesting. Mm-hmm. Black people are black people are interesting, you know, and so that's why people have interest in us. But just because we, we are, are interested, come on, <laughs> and, and just because there are people who are interested in us doesn't mean their interests align with our interests. Mm-hmm. But but I was made in His image, yeah. so like the interest He has in me, it's you see what I'm saying, and, and and so I'm saying is when I hear about the trauma that you're looking to break, there's so many different kinds of wealth that gets built that can stick. Mm-hmm. And so not only are you attempting to, not even attempting, not only are you successfully breaking some of these curses for your kids, but you're passing wealth down. And not mm-hmm. just wealth you see on a balance sheet or on a profit and loss statement mm-hmm. or in a trust, but some of these things that are intangible. Yeah. You feel me? That because they're intangible, they can't be taken away. Right. So I hear you. Yeah. Big Brit. <laughs> I think that's that goes back to the importance, the like full circle about telling your story. Heck yeah. Like you said, that's that's the interest on me that you're building. It's like it's not just about you know generational wealth. We talk a lot about money in our community specifically, but I think that our generational wealth comes in a form of stories because black people, by nature, like if you look at our ancestors historically, like stories is how we pass you down our correct. history. Like that's what we do naturally. We're Indeed. oral storytellers. Even in my family, I'm blessed to still have my grandmother, but my grandmother can go back generations because her grandmother told her stories from her grandmother and my great-grandmother told me stories and my grandmother tells me and my kids stories. So, you know, like that oral history, that's what we do by nature. Mm. And we've, we lost that. It was kind of stripped from us, but I feel like now, like we have to, we're learning how to get back to our roots. Mm and be able to tell those stories not just in context for our families but like what you do for business Mm -hmm. like telling stories the importance of telling your story for your personal brand and that's another reason why you know i'm interested in telling the story because you are your brand you are a brand is the way people feel when they experience your value so brand got so much more to do with a feeling than a face but the way people feel is because of who you are Mm -hmm. and who you are to them Again, I'm agreeing with a lot of what you're saying. What you said though about showing up, you can't show up without the. That was I'm gonna have to chew on that when I read. <laughs> but, but you're right. Telling that story is crucial to your brand because when you tell a fake story, it impacts your brand's authenticity. And people know. Uh, listen instantly. You know who does? Wait, 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 wait. You know who knows? Your customer. Definitely. Because some people can't tell. Some of these white people couldn't tell if I was lying. I could tell them you know I done shot. That's true. You feel me? I could tell them I done shot twenty-two people, robbed eighteen banks, and they like, "Oh my God, Murdoch going crazy!" They, okay, they gonna believe you. And then I go to my neighborhood, and they like, "Brother, what are you talking Sit about?" Sit down. But again, yeah. they not my customer, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna be able to tell me. And the reason why they gonna, the reason why my customer can tell my authenticity, is because they're my customer because of my value, and when I'm lying, I'm not providing value. Mm. They stick with me because of the value I'm providing. Mm-hmm. Great value ain't cheap. That's a double entendre. Mm-hmm. Great value ain't is cheap. not cheap. Yeah, don't let that go a miss on y'all. Mm. And they missed it. That's okay though. That I I picked it up. I know you did. I picked and it I've up. And I've been put down. You know what you were picking <laughs> I up? I picked it up. I picked it up. Great value ain't, ain't cheap. cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just know they customer. They just yeah. Walmart know what they're doing. I, okay. I was just about to say. 
Wally Wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely, you will definitely pay. And I think that's what kills a lot of us in business. Mm. Um, mm. Not providing mm. the value. Um, instead, like, in my chair now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing I talked about with my with my last guest. We were just kind of talking about um, the importance of providing value mm. to the people that you're serving in your business. And we were talking about it from a perspective of networking. Mm. And when you go out to network with people, instead of always asking what you can do for me, mm. how can you provide value mm. to somebody else? Mm. Which is a huge thing that we have to learn because we got to keep that dollar circulating. Mm -hmm. And I think that we fail because we fail to realize that we have to also provide value. It's a two-way street. Come on now. Like it can't just be one way, but that's how we keep it circulating. So if I'm if I'm on, I should be able to put you on, and then you reach back and put somebody else on instead of holding all the information over here. Mm. That's not helpful. So how you feel about that? See, no, I'm, I'm with you 150%. Got to share the wealth. But you know the other thing that value, providing value also increases opportunities for accountability. Mm -hmm. When there is a, a true exchange of value, that means not only did you do something for me, but hey, bucko, I did something for you too. Mm -hmm. And if you mess this up, I am going to rescind. I'm going to force you to refund. I'm going to want my value back that I provided. And if I provided value that truly was valuable, you're going to be negatively impacted when I take that value back. Mm -hmm. That's why I always put money on the table. I don't do discounts yeah, for a reason. Because when I take them discounts, people start getting funny. Mm -hmm. Now, it, people start acting funny. And I say, no, nah, especially the first time, I'm going to pay full price with a tip. Absolutely. Because I want you to know how Brother Murdoch is coming. So don't think you did me the favor. Because mm -hmm. what's going to happen when I leave this restaurant and I tell somebody to come and the people come through here and I pay full price? Mm. The other thing that value provision does, it doesn't just increase opportunities for accountability, but it's about leverage too. Yeah. A lot of us don't know our power. The difference between a boss and a bum is not position because there are bosses in bum circumstances and bums in boss positions. Mm -hmm. The difference between a boss and a bum is the ability to make a play. Bosses make plays. Land my plane, in order to provide value, you have to make plays. And a lot of people playing chess, not checkers. Or playing checkers, not chess. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just not playing. That's so so true. That is so true. I got a I got a stool on that for a second. Mm. I got a stool on that for a second. And That's it just, good. It just, it just go back to what you said about the value provider. I can't provide value if I'm not making plays. A lot of people mm -hmm. getting played, not making plays. You got to learn how to how to play the game. You do. And it's not a game, but you got to understand how the rules it work. Is. Oh, spicy number two. <laughs> it is. It's definitely a game. Mm. It's definitely a game. Like you say, it's rules. It's rules in it. You definitely have to play your position. Oh, you got to know your role for sure. You definitely got to know your role. It, it's it's a game. Capitalism in itself is a game. Ah, it's C monopoly. Word. The C word. <laughs> it's monopoly. Maybe maybe it is a game. I just I don't think it's funny. Maybe that's what it's better. It's not a fun game. Okay, cool. We in tune. We in tune. Yeah, we like it's now. it's not a fun game, but. It is. It's but it's a game mm. nonetless. You and I agree. With rules and 
we need to learn where where we stand. Mm. We need to learn what our role is. What what pawn are you playing? Mm. And I think that that's what we're learning now in our generation because economics ultimately is a game. Come on. It's legit monopoly. Yeah, it is. And we've been playing it all these years and didn't know we was actually playing the real game. You know the wildest thing about monopoly? We know e- monopoly is an economic system. Mm-hmm. You know, monopolies, monopolistic, oligopolies, and perfect competition. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, so it ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. The oligopolies, we're not talking about airplanes and aircrafts. Monopolistic, different conversation for a different day. But the thing about a monopoly, it's only one player in the monopoly. All these people playing games, and it's only one player in monopoly. Ain't that deep how that works? And what the player look like? Listen. <laughs> What does so, Mr. Monopoly look like? He don't look like you. He ain't got no locks. <laughs> at all. And he ain't got no fro. And no melanin. Listen, at all. <laughs> and but and to your point, I guess what I'm saying is we approaching monop we approaching the game the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a participant in a monopoly. It's no longer a monopoly. Mm-mm. It's only one in a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Winning and losing both have real consequences. We cannot afford to lose. We truly gotta learn how to win. Yeah. And last thing I'll say on that is I learned the game so I could play the game, so I could win the game, so I could coach the game. That, and that's what it goes back to ultimately. Don't it? Yep. Don't it? That's why we got to tell the stories. <laughs> See, I hear talking about the masters. That's the reason. That's Don't the let reason. your master on you. That part. Mm. That part. The whole premise for the podcast came from Nipsey Hustle. Nip. Rest in peace to that king. Rest in peace, Nip. But I binge Nipsey Hustle mm-hmm. interviews. He's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite people to listen to in an interview. Can talk. Yes, and it'd be real. Mm-hmm. But he was talking one time about ownership because he was big on ownership yep. and education. Huge on education. Yeah. And he was just talking about like what it meant to own your masters. Mm-hmm. But then he got to talking about, you know, ownership in other spaces. And I'm like, that's what I should call the podcast, on the masters, because that's ultimately what we need to do in our community. And mm-hmm. owning your masters is not just owning your music. Mm-hmm. It's having ownership over your life, over your story, over your business, generational wealth, all things ownership, just having full autonomy over how you live your life. That's the ownership. Mm-hmm. We the masters that we need to own. Mm-hmm. Mm. We are the creation mm. that we need to own. Mm. And that's kind of where it came from. Mm. So, like, that's why I said this conversation was perfect. And in alignment, because we was talking about alignment before. We sure was before we, we jumped came on in, in sure. Just about um, how it's important in all aspects just to make sure that the things that you're doing and the people that you're speaking to and, you know, the plays that you're making are in alignment with your mission. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that's kind of one thing. Um, and I'm going a, I'm to a plug you real quick. You're going to plug me. I'm going to plug you real that's quick. Love, I so, and I meant to bring it. Um, oh, she so, did. <laughs> I meant to bring my, my journal. People. My people. So, yeah, my I meant people. to bring my journal. So he has a journal called um, the Circle City Storytelling Journal. Mm-hmm. And it's like a bunch of journal prompts where it really, like, allows you to deep dive. Some of them, some of them are, like, a little bit lighter. But some of them can get a little bit heavy when you get the brain dumping. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it allows you to really be able to, like, learn yourself. For sure. And just really 
think about, um, you know, like where you came from and how you feel about certain stuff and like what type of behaviors you gravitate to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and like I really have been really using that and diving into like I do it alongside Blessings. my regular journaling. Blessings. So I appreciate you. Much love. Yeah, you got to pick one up, y'all. Yeah, matter of fact, we're going to get it right now. I'm a purpose-driven, action-oriented, servant leader, proud product of the city. I'm going on my Squarespace. If y'all use the code OTM, I'll take $10 off the journal for sure. Bet. Yeah. Okay, use the – y'all heard it here. Y'all use the code OTM. And he gonna give you he gonna give you a journal. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do that right now. Okay, that's okay. You got some time. You got some time. You got some time. I'm gonna figure it out by the time you leave here. Bet, and I'll put it on this live. This Thank live you. will be up for another. I usually only leave them up like maybe 24 hours because y'all gotta catch it on YouTube mm -hmm. or on all podcast streaming platforms there and eventually go. on my website. But yeah. Thank you. So I appreciate you love. coming out. I'm honored because, like I said, I was told that he don't do podcasts. Listen, <laughs> so. listen, listen. The person who said that, I just want to clarify for the people watching. Because you know how the people like, I don't do this and I don't do that. No, well, don't, don't. That's because don't nobody want you on their platform. No, it's, it's people. One, I'm passionate about liberation. Liberation is not individual. It's very much so communal. Mm -hmm. Racism. Um, Relationships won't end racism, and well-meaning white folks won't end white supremacy. Neither will charismatic black men in pulpits bring us to black liberation. We need systems to dismantle systems. Mm -hmm. But when I talk about building, here's the other thing, sister. Kwame Ture says that peace and injustice can occupy some of the same spaces. So many people talking about we want peace. I want peace in the streets. I want peace in the streets. It is weird to request violence or lack of violence in response to, to violence. violence because our blackness is a form of resistance. Instead, liberation is where true injustice ceases. The difference between a man and my friend, freedom and liberation, is that freedom is an instance. Liberation is a process. Ooh, we cannot that. scale to systems with people. We must scale to systems with systems. Mm -hmm. And that's liberation system. So what I'm sharing with you is the respect is mutual. I ain't got no problem with podcasts. I have a problem with people who are not providing value. value. And just because you got a mic and a camera. And an opinion. And, and a powerful producer don't mean you have something that's worth hearing. Yeah. So facts. I'm honored. I'm definitely honored. Respect. So yes. And I just made this uh You got the code? I think I did. I'm about to show you now. Hold on. Bet. Look at this. So y'all yes. gotta y'all gotta come out and get a journey. Yeah, for sure. OTM. Shout out to the family. OTM. He'll be back. Oh. He'll be back. Part two. We gotta do a part two. Say Lesky. All right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we thank you for tuning in, and I will put Murdoch's information in thank the you. description box below. Thank you. And y'all can catch him on all his platforms. And until next time. Blessings. <laughs>